Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 63 of the podcast that was originally recorded on March 25th, 2015. Some of the games I played for the week, I played Dice Masters, of course, and I talked quite a bit about the D&D set, Pathfinder Adventure card games, Skull and Shackles, made it through a couple of more scenarios, Alchemists, Mage Wars, and Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Duel at Mount Skull's Fire, as well as a couple others. I also talked about a few of the games I want to play now. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and we are on episode 63. Thanks for joining me this evening, or whenever you may be listening to this podcast. As always, don't forget, send me some email. Let me know what you're playing now. Send the email to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at whatimplayingnow. Don't forget to drop the G. Do a search on Facebook, What I'm Playing Now, and you will find us there. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign, What I'm Playing Now podcast, and of course our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. I'm going to jump into what I played for the week, and one of the first things we're going to get into is Dice Masters. So D&D was released uh, probably about two weeks ago now, a week and a half ago. I was able to open up my boxes of Gravity Feeds over the weekend. I think I had opened up my first one sometime maybe on last Tuesday, and then I opened up the other one maybe on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, I know I was kind of busy, so there was a couple of... One night, I think the box, the one box actually just sat here, and I just didn't get a chance to open it. But I went through everything and sorted through everything out throughout the weekend. Saturday, I spent some time sorting through all the cards, figuring out what I was missing. The only thing I'm missing currently right now is the Super Rare Red Dragon. Out of the two Gravity Fees, I was kind of happy that that was the only thing missing from my set. I'm going to be trying to trade for that. So if anybody actually does know of someone that wants to trade maybe some rares or something, um, possibly from AVX Uncanny or D&D for a Super Rare Red Dragon, please send me an email. What I'm playing now at gmail.com, like we said at the top of the show. I I, I think this set definitely had a better distribution from what I can tell um, from what Uncanny had. I know when I was finished with my Uncanny set or opening up the two gravity fees, I guess I should say, I was two super rare short, I believe, because I had a duplicate super rare in one of the boxes, and I was about 10 rare short, so I had a lot of duplicate rares in the uncanny set. So considering I am just missing the super rare red dragon, and the number of rares that I actually have duplicates for was a much was much better. I got at least one complete full unco- full common uncommon set, possibly two. I haven't really gone through those to figure out what I'm missing. Uh, but if I am missing something, I may be missing one one uncommon possibly. So I, I think the distribution in this set was a lot better. From when I was reading on Board Game Geek, it seemed like a lot of people were finding two super rares in a lot of their boxes. That seemed to maybe be about 75% of the boxes had two super rares in it. Of course, the two that I had, one of them didn't have that second super rare, so I will have to trade for it. But that's not a problem. We'll we'll hopefully finish off that set here soon. But we did actually play with some of the D&D set yesterday during my weekly play for Dice Masters. And I threw together a D&D set. At first, I wasn't going to because a lot of a couple of people were putting together superhero cards, and I really didn't know how good the D&D stuff would mix against some of the superheroes, and you really lose a lot of the special abilities like experience and stuff when you start dealing with playing against non-D&D type characters. But a couple of the other guys did build D&D teams, and against those, I have to say, D&D is by far my favorite set so far. I had been wanting to get into the into Dice Masters when D&D came out. I actually jumped in, like I had said in previous podcasts, during the AVX days. So I've been playing superheroes probably for the past six to eight months or so. 
And I can say I'm kind of a little tired of the superhero stuff right now, and I think that the D&D set is very refreshing. I like a lot of the new mechanics that they have, some of the things that have been introduced, like experience, the breath weapon with the dragons, um, and, and a couple of the other you know, new new mechanics I'm really enjoying. The team that I put together was a team that I tried to make that was consisting of pretty much all good characters. I kind of tried to base it around the rare unicorn card, which gives all of your active good characters plus two plus two. So I had the human paladin in my set. I had a, human, a halfling thief. I threw in the magic sword, a copper dragon. I threw in Minsk and Boo just for the heck of it to see if I could get him out, and I never did. I threw in a dwarf cleric and the treant. The only one that wasn't good out of my whole set was the Dwarf Cleric, who's neutral. And the set actually, the, the, the set actually didn't do that bad. It was getting the, the Human Paladin out along with the Unicorn seemed to be very, a very strong combination. And then backing it up with some of the Halfling Thieves, it kind of died halfway through, through the game though, in that I just wasn't able to roll or get enough energy to pull out some of my higher costing cards. So even when I was rolling my character dice, I seemed to be rolling mostly characters and not energy. So I never got out the Copper Dragon, never got out Minsk and Boo, never really got out the Treant, you know, but I did get out the Dwarf Cleric, but it, 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 it just didn't seem like I could pull enough energy together. So I think one way I would probably change this deck a little bit would be to put something in here and that could possibly be, I know there's one card that lets you do kind of like a mini Professor X and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it, I was, we were calling it the first time we were playing with this. It almost seemed like a mini Professor X where you can put a die in your, in your prep area. I may have to throw in something like that for my basic action cards. I used Magic Missile as well as Blessing and Magic Missile did come in handy, especially the global to pay a lightning to do a damage to a character. That actually was able to knock out a couple of sidekicks to where I could actually get some of my other people to just go in undefended. And it was fun. I really liked it. The only problem I have right now with the with the Dice Masters game is DC's coming out very soon. They We, we just got D&D. Not everybody has D&D down where I play. People are already looking forward to DC. A lot of people have DC already pre-ordered. And I have a feeling we're only going to be playing D&D for the next maybe three to four weeks, and then we're probably going to jump back to superheroes. And that's going to be it for D&D. And I'm just worried that we're not going to be revisiting the D&D much just to play it alone as its own set, which is how I'd like to play it maybe for a month or so. But it seems with the timing that we have here, my my time with D&D may be very limited. So I'm hoping I can get my wife into Dice Masters a little bit more than she has in the past. So... I can, I can spend some more time with the D&D set since I enjoy it. I am going to probably get DC, but after DC, I'm probably going to slow down a little bit as far as purchasing the Dice Masters, and I'm going to have to see where they're actually going to go with this and when the next sets are going to be out. If they're going to start coming out this close together, I think, like I mentioned last week, I may have to maybe just step away from the game for a little bit uh, because it's, one, getting just awfully expensive, and there are just so many other games that I want to play. I, I need to free up a little funds to be able to play some of these other games. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm not completely done with Dice Masters yet. I really enjoy it. But just the way the game is evolving right now and the way the sets are being played, I'd kind of just like to have a little bit more time with each set. And and they kind of did the same thing with Yu-Gi-Oh. We really didn't play Yu-Gi-Oh that I know of down at the store that I play at where we had any, I don't think there were any Yu-Gi-Oh drafts. If there, if there were, I missed them. And I don't think we've had actually any nights where we've just gone straight Yu-Gi-Oh. I did pick up a Yu-Gi-Oh starter box, mainly because I wanted to have the basic action cards from that set. And I wanted to be a little familiar with some of the rules and some of the cards that actually came in Yu-Gi-Oh. So if I ever did run across them and playing them, I was a little familiar with some of that stuff. So I did break down and actually bought a starter set for that. 
but I'm hopefully not going to buy any more for that. So that's about it for Dice Masters. Oh, one other thing with Dice Masters, I guess that's not going to be it for Dice Masters. Let's talk about some of the dice that came in the D&D set. I wanted to come up with some of the, what I thought were some of the best dice in the whole set. And I will say my list so far consists of the Beholder, mainly just because of the picture on the die. I think it just looks outstanding. My next one was the Drow Assassin. I just really like the look of the dagger or short sword possibly that they have in the picture. I think that's just really cool, and I like the color of the die. The next one, of course, would be Half Dragon. Everybody seems to be playing that because some of the biggest teams that I see right now are people just trying to play dragons. So Half Dragon is the card that lets you bring in dragons that cost less. The die as well looks really cool. I, it's, that is probably my second favorite 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 die out of the whole set would be probably be the Half Dragon. Mind Flayer would be the next one on my list. And these aren't in any particular order of how much I like them. I will, I will say what my favorite is at the end of the list. I've already said what my second favorite is, but Mind, Pl- Mind Flare is the next one. I really like the look of the die. I like the picture on the die. I think it's really fitting, and it looks pretty cool. Red Dragon, again, the die is a really nice color. I like how it's almost translucent, and the color that kind of goes along with it just almost makes it look like it's possibly fire-breathing. So that really stands out as well. I got two more on my list. The last two would be Tarask and Umberhulk. Tarask, you just got to go with the look of the die. The way it's almost like a chromed out brown is really neat. And as well as the Umber Hulk, I just like the way the shading is done in the die as well as the picture that's on the die as well. So what would my favorite die be? I would probably have to say that Mind Flare is probably my favorite die. Between the look of the die, the picture of it, and the way they have it's almost like a brushed silver that's in the black coloring, kind of like the purplish color that they used for the for the numbering in the picture, as well as the masks, just looks really, it, it just really grabs your attention when you see that die. I have not played with the Mind Flare yet. I am going to definitely try to build a deck around him because I want to use his die. So I'm going to be playing around with D&D probably for the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Hopefully we don't this this set doesn't get moved out too soon down where I play for my organized play, and hopefully we can get it a little bit more in before DC comes out. But let's jump into something else since we've been talking quite a bit about Dice Masters. On my normal Sunday Pathfinder Adventure card game, Skull and Shackles Organized Play Play, we went through two scenarios. We actually had to redo a scenario from the second pack. We had to redo 02C, which was Revenge of the Fishfolk, which was actually pretty interesting. There were three of us that were doing it. We didn't have a healer. Luckily, my character has a card that lets me plop it down on a closed location and people can actually go there and heal on their turn and then we also played 03a so we had to add in the third adventure pack into my box of cards and some of the monsters and some of the items in there are just insane of course we pulled quite a few of the a few of the monsters from the third scenario deck when we were playing the wrecking ball scenario And this one was kind of interesting, and we got extremely lucky in this scenario because the actual henchman, there was one named henchman, Vakarla the Wrecker, that was actually in one of the locations, along with all the Cryptic Runes henchmen that were in the other one besides the villain. We got to the point to where there were two locations left. I found where the villain was. We had never actually had to run against Vakarla, so we got extremely lucky not running up against that named henchman. We were able to temporarily close the location that Vakarla was at. I was able to defeat the villain, Munarai, 
and we were able to win the scenario. Everybody was extremely happy because we gained another skill feat, and our characters are coming along quite well, I must say. I've actually been reading on the forums, looking forward to the next set that's coming out, Wrath of the Righteous, I think it's called, as well as some of the new character decks that may be coming out. There's some hints that a Paladin deck may be coming out, and that will probably be the character that I play when we move into the next boxed set. A Paladin has always been one of my favorite characters from D&D. Being able to play it in the Pathfinder Adventure card game will make me very happy. I love the flexibility of a Paladin in that they are usually very competent fighters as well as having a little bit of healing to them. It's always a really fun thing to play. All right, let's jump into some of the board games I played on on my normal Thursday board game night, as well as over the weekend, because I had a get-together down at the store with a couple of people where we actually got some games in. So one of the first games we played on Thursday, we grabbed another game of Alchemists and got that in. This was, I think, my second full game of Alchemists. And I have to say, this game went much better. We had four players in this game, and the funny thing was, the person who had never played before, as three of us had played last week, uh, the person who had never played before, we taught him how to play, and he won the game. And it was kind of funny, because shortly after he, he came over, and after we were done playing the game, he pretty much walked over to the wall, picked up the board game, and pretty much bought a copy for himself, which I looked at the owner of the store, and I said, thank you. I, I, I told him, I go, you're, I actually said, you're welcome. I go, since we were playing my copy of the game, since the store doesn't have their own copy currently, so we all got kind of a laugh out of that. But I think everybody was a lot more comfortable with the mechanics of the game, as well as the deduction part of the game. I know I was. It was, I was able to completely match two different alchemicals to their correcting ingredient and I was really close to a third if I had placed a five-point flag in place of a three-point flag I might have been actually able to pull out the win because I think there were only a couple of points between me and the guy who won I actually came in second so I was extremely happy with the way the game had turned out I tried something a little bit different in my strategy this week when I was playing through the deduction part of the game I tried to concentrate on figuring out what one ingredient was. And once I had solved that, I actually was able to figure out a second one based on other people who had done some debunking of theories. So I had two columns completely figured out. I, like I said, it was close to a third. And it was making me laugh because one of the one of the theories that I had actually published in the game, I knew was 100% correct. And a couple of people actually tried to debunk my theory. And I just sat there laughing each time they tried to do it. Because I was just like, I just tried to put on my poker face and just not say anything and just be like, yeah, go ahead and try that. Let's see what happens. And so I was just playing like I really didn't know if it would work or not when I really knew that it wouldn't. I still kind of do feel like I have a little bit more to learn in regards to figuring out some of the potions and coming up with some of the best strategy for kind of analyzing some of the different ingredients and finding the proper alchemical. But I'm sure this isn't going to be the last time we play this game. And I have a feeling the more I do play it, the more comfortable I'll get with figuring out a, a real good strategy to this. So far, I kind of like the strategy I used this past Thursday with going with the one ingredient and figuring that out, and I will probably continue that into the future until I get another breakthrough and figure something else out. So then we're going to jump ahead to what I played on Saturday. I actually made a special trip down to the game store on Saturday. One of the guys I actually played Dice Masters with, we were talking about Mage Wars previously, and I think I had mentioned this in a past podcast. My wife got me, I think, uh, Mage Wars probably about two years ago. When it first came out, she got it for me for Christmas. I had asked for it. We've only had a chance to bring it to the table once, so I had two decks of cards that really hadn't even been opened up. So I opened up the other deck of cards. We got down to the store. We actually started building our spell books based off of uh, some of the decks that were within the rule book. We just went with the base stuff and we tried not to get too fancy since this was really our first time playing because he probably hadn't played the game in about a year and a half as well. And I will say one thing about this game of Mage Wars. Some people kind of compare it to magic or want to compare it to magic in that you're kind of playing spells 
You're kind of, you're, you're a wizard. You're trying to kill your opponent. But I really do say that this game, I think, makes you feel much more like a wizard than I ever got from playing Magic. When you're holding that spell book there in your hand, you're flipping through the pages, you're trying to ready two spells on your turn that you're going to cast that turn, if you have enough mana, we'll say. It really just, it, it's really kind of a, a, an exciting game. So each person starts out in the opposite corner of the board, and you take turns casting spells, summoning monsters, traps, walls, equipment, conjurations, and a couple other things that you can do to build up an army, and you're trying to just take out your, your opponent mage, basically. I was playing the warlock, and my opponent was playing as the wizard. So we played through probably about three quarters of the game, and it took us several hours before we were both kind of just getting a little just brain fried over the game. Since we had, uh, since, since this was the first time we played it so long, we were doing a lot of lookup of rules, and I, I think towards the end we were pretty much getting a lot of this stuff down, and I would like to try it again and try to get through a full game, because this is probably the most I've ever played of Mage Wars. I have to say the warlock was just a lot of fun to play. I had asked my opponent if we were going to try to do the apprentice version, I think is what they had called it in the rules where you kind of play maybe like a slimmed down version you play with only a partial deck in your spell book you play with maybe half the game board but we just jumped right in let's do a full game and the, and the warlock playing is is him he was just a heck of a lot of fun he has a lot of direct damage spells like fireball and and a lot of the other items and equipment that he has it was funny because i think that was one of the first things both of us were doing i was trying to put out different items in the game that would maybe give me additional mana. We were both trying to equip our characters with different equipment, and then we started casting monsters, working our way towards the center of the board with those monsters as well as our mages, and then just start casting spells at each other. And it is just completely crazy. I really like the other part in this game in that you hold your spellbook in your hand, and you pretty much have all of your spells available to you on turn one. Now, you can't necessarily cast all of your spells due to the amount of mana that you have, because you do have to build up some mana in your pool over time to cast some of your larger costing characters. But unlike Magic, where you're basically dealing with the randomness of the shuffle of the cards, you don't have that in this game. And I think that makes it a little bit more strategic, because both you and your opponent are on the same playing level. Neither of you is going to be mana screwed. Neither of you is going to have a bad shuffle. You have pretty much put together all of your spells. You have everything available to you from, from you know, turn one, and you're just going at a straight battle. This game, though, is not a short game. Like I said, we played for probably about two to two and a half hours, maybe close to three even, and we were probably about three quarters of the way through the game. This game will take up an afternoon. It's not like Magic where you can just shuffle up a deck of cards, sit down, and knock out a game in 15 to 20 minutes. You will. I don't think you will ever get that with Mage Wars unless if somebody just has a very poor strategy and just dies instantly or just is gets terrible luck with the die rolls. You do still have randomness with your die rolls when you're attacking, but I kind of like that as well because not every attack should possibly do the same type of damage. So I think that gives you a little bit of flexibility there with with some randomness, and I enjoy that. Mage Wars is definitely going to be a game I come back to. I know they're actually coming out with a revised version of the game, a new printing of the game, as well as some of the expansions. I'm hoping to pick up some of the expansions because I believe the newer ones are even going to be compatible with my older set because I'm pretty sure I probably have a first printing of the game because I did get it so early on. But if you have never played Mage Wars, try to find somebody in your playgroup that actually has the game and see if you can get a game in. And I can definitely say you will enjoy it. One of the other things we played on Saturday after we were done with Mage Wars was a crazy little card game that I had never even heard of before. And it's called Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Duel at Mount Skullsfire. And of course, Skullsfire is S-K-U-L-L-Z-F-Y-R-E. All I can say about this card game is it is insane. It's crazy. It's hilarious. It will, if you like 
a lot of comedy and just crazy craziness and off the hook stuff in your card games, this will be the game for you. If you like your games a little more serious, avoid this game at all costs because this game is by far is not meant to be played seriously whatsoever. So you're dealt basically a hand of eight cards. You have to put together a spell which is based off of three cards in your hand and the spell consists of a source, quality, and a delivery card. So the eight cards in your hand, each card will have a different letter in the lower, I believe it's right hand corner. I only played the game once so I'm trying to go off of memory here. I believe it's the right hand corner. It'll say like an S, Q, or D. And I think on the delivery cards there's also a number that has that's basically above the letter a little bit and it I think they range from like one to twenty. There might be one a little higher than twenty, but I think twenty was the highest we had seen. And that card lets you know who basically can go first. So everybody kind of puts your three cards together. Now, you don't need to necessarily play three cards. If you play less than three cards, you immediately go first, unless if somebody else played less than three cards as well. But you normally, everybody's going to play three cards because you want to try to deal your opponents the most damage. Everybody starts off basically with 20 health, and you're trying to just kill your opponents. Now, this game, I think it said it was for like two to five or two to six players. I don't know how good this game would play with two players, especially because a lot of the cards will have you doing damage based on your opponents to your left, based on your opponents to the right. Some cards will say do two damage to your opponent on your left, three damage to their opponent on their, on, you know, on their left, four damage to the opponent on their left, and you're kind of going around in their circle. So some of the cards are definitely made for a much higher group of gamers. And so, I, like I said, I don't know how this game would play with two people, but we had a group of five playing perfect number for this game. And one of the craziest things about the game is just the wording on the cards when you're putting your spells together. Because the spell actually looks like it's flowing through all three cards. And so one of the things you do after playing your three cards is you have to read the text on the cards. And it's usually some just insane off-the-wall text of words put together to, to cast a spell. And everybody sits there laughing their asses off while they're playing it. You're basically rolling dice to do damage to your opponents. Some cards will damage your opponents. Some cards will heal you possibly or possibly your opponents. Once everybody's dead, the person who is actually the last wizard standing gets a last wizard standing token. And I believe the game ends when one person gets two last wizard standing tokens. I was able to be one last uh, last wizard standing once, uh, but I did not win the game. It was my first time playing, but it was definitely crazy. This game's definitely a little on the lighter side. It's not a heavy game. You definitely want to play this with a group of people who like to sit around, laugh, and will just really enjoy the content of the cards because that is the best thing about this game. If you if you have a chance to play this down at your game store or if a friend has a copy of this, definitely pick it up or definitely play it at least and give it a shot. It's hilarious. I, I We couldn't stop laughing while we were playing it. So one of the last games I'm going to talk about for the week is a little game on my phone. Of course, I picked up another little thing to waste some of the time away, and that is called Slingshot Racers. It's on my Android phone. I think it was a free app of the day on Amazon. It's by a company called Crescent Moon Games. They have quite a few different apps out on both iOS as well as Android. It's a cool little racing game, and the neat little mechanic on it is your car is basically looks like it's not even a car. It's kind of like a sled because you're basically racing on ice, and as your car starts off, every corner that you go around, you will hold either the left or right corner of the, lo- the lower right-hand corner or the lower left-hand corner of the screen, and you're going to be slingshotting your car around the corners with kind of like a rope that's going to come out from these turnstiles that are on all of the corners to slingshot your car around the tracks. Some of the races will have you basically going for best time. Some of them will have you racing against um, AI opponents 
for 99 cents. Like I said, I got it for free on, I think on the Amazon app store the one day. I just gave it a try, I gave it a shot. I've been playing this thing before I've been going to sleep at night and I've just been having a heck of a ball with it. I really like racing games and this one just kind of just is, is something that just was, I had never really seen a mechanic like this before where you're kind of just throwing your cars around the track and just kind of just trying to find the correct angle to grab the car and connect to it with the, with the wire and then letting go when you're at the optimum point of the, of the swing. So this way you get the most speed coming off of that corner. It's a really cool mechanic. If you get a chance, check it out. It's a cool little 99 cent app game on your Android device or iOS. It was pretty cool. All right. Before the end of the show, let's jump into the what I want to play now part of the show. One of the things I grabbed when I was down at the game store on Saturday, I saw they had a couple of games from Gameland Games. If you're not familiar with them, they do some of the Tiny Epic games. And I grabbed Tiny Epic Kingdoms. This is a game I've been hearing quite a bit about on, on, on board games and reading about on the Board Game Geek. So I wanted to try one of these tiny games from Gameland Games. So I grabbed Kingdoms. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Hopefully going to read through the rules possibly tonight, maybe tomorrow, and maybe get it on the table tomorrow for Board Game Night. If not, maybe I can get a game of it in over the weekend and talk about it next week. So far, the components look really neat. I like the small version of the game, that it's just a nice small box, and it's something I can actually fit on the shelf, and I don't really have to worry about another huge box on my shelf, because my shelves are actually getting kind of full over here. And then the other game that I want to play for the week is a game that came out on the PS4, and that is called Bloodborne. For those of you who aren't familiar with Bloodborne, this is going to be one of the successor games to Demon Souls and the Dark Souls series, from from software say that 10 times fast and this game looks great from what i've been reading about a lot of the reviews lately it seems like the reviews are extremely high for this game and i will be getting this game shortly i told myself i would try to not purchase another game this month i would try to wait till april since i just picked up epic the other day and i'm still trying to work on learning all my flying with that so bloodborne is going to have to maybe wait a week or so maybe two weeks before i actually grab it but this one is on the top of my list for purchasing and will be the next video game that I purchase. So that's it. That is what I played for the week as well as what I want to play now. Those are some of the things you should be looking out for. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. Send the emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget about the Facebook page. Just do a search for, on Facebook for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page, plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And of course, as always, our Twitch channel which I'm going to try to bring up on Saturday and revive that from the dead, and that is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spending some time with me. Have a good week playing some games, and as always, let me know what you're playing now. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.